the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 2. We do so every Monday. He could apply to himself the U.S. Post Service motto, neither rain nor sleet, no hurricane Ian will stop him. The great Brandon J. Weicker, he is the author of Winning Space, uh, How America Remains a Superpower, and his most recent, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. You can order it now and you'll... Have it later this month. Brandon J. Weikert, congratulations on the book and uh, getting through uh, the hurricane we were all watching as well. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. And I just would like to say that the hurricane is probably the most destructive storm we've had since Hurricane Katrina. Um, I We barely survived the eye of the hurricane. I had Gordon Chang texting me, uh, Brandon, your family is in literally the eye of the hurricane. And we were. Um, it was a horrific experience. The winds in my neighborhood reached 140 miles per hour. Several of my neighbors, um, their, their lives are over, uh, you know, in terms of their, you know, everything's gone. Yeah. Um, our city is completely obliterated. Uh, down the road in Pine Island, they are finding bodies every day. Oh, my gosh. Uh, people were literally washed out to sea. Um, and, um, it, the, my city is provided by Lee County Electric Company, which is a cooperative, which is a co-op. Yeah. And while the rest of Southwest Florida has power and getting water back, uh, we are five days without any electricity or water because LCEC decided, uh, that they were not going to A, request for additional resources before the storm hit and B, when the storm did hit, they simply chose not to begin assessing the damage until 72 hours thereafter, whereas FPL, and just across the bridge a mile away, a couple miles away, um, was within an hour or two of the storm passing out, working all night, restoring power. So now we have 94,000 households in Cape Coral, Florida, including mine, without uh, power for five days now and no end in sight. Um and so I think that this is a teachable moment um, for learning lessons learned, because we know that there is a cyber attack. We know that there is an EMP, electromagnetic pulse weapon attack. We know that there's a possible attack on our critical infrastructure that could come at any day, given the, the heightened geopolitical tensions. And um, I would just hope that the, not only the state of Florida and Lee County, where I live, uh, but also the U.S. government is taking notes for the good, the bad, and the ugly during this storm, because this was the mother of all storms. I'm lucky to be alive. Um, there's really no safe place to go. Uh, and, um, you know, I think that, that really the, the worst uh, kind of infrastructure response or defense has been shown here. And I, my fear is that many, many other utilities entities uh, around the country, if we were to suffer, say, an EMP or a cyber attack on those systems, would respond as badly as LCEC did. This is the single greatest failure I've seen of any local infrastructure, especially when they had all the heads up that they had. 
Um, and so my hope is that this is a teachable moment and that, that maybe that maybe they can actually, now that the governor's office, I think because of something that I had sent to the governor's office, uh, the governor came out and, and actually in the last 48 hours made a very damning statement of LCEC, forcing them to finally come to the cameras and admit that they were not really ready, but they're going to respond to it sooner than later. Um, my hope is that this is a teachable moment for, for the rest of the country for what not to do uh, when that inevitable geopolitical crisis happens that you and I have been talking about for so long. Brandon Weikert, thank you for that. And uh, good, <laughs> good. well, no, good for you for putting it in the perspective of what if this were an infrastructure enemy attack caused by human beings. It didn't dawn on me to think of it that way. Of course you wouldn't. I'm glad you did. Help me out real quick, uh, uh, Brandon. So LCEC provides you electricity and has fallen down on the job. Hardly. By contrast, you said there was something kind of across the way that did a better job? Yeah. Florida Power and Light, FPL. Okay. Uh, they service most of southwest Florida. Um, literally, within a few hours of the storm ending, they had crews out restoring the power grid in Fort Myers, which anybody who's familiar with southwest Florida, it's right across the bridge from Cape Coral. Um, and they actually, in some cases, had worse storm surge than we did. Um, and yet they, and it was literally, so I, after three days, we finally went to my aunt and uncle uh, in Naples, who were completely unaffected. Uh, and we're watching the news, and I'm seeing almost every half hour on local news, FPL spokesman saying, we've got this part up and running. We've got this up and running. And then meanwhile, not a word from LCEC. And meanwhile, 94,000 households. That's households, so that's not people, that's right. households. You could probably double that number. 94,000 households for three days. LCEC didn't tell them anything, didn't, didn't respond, didn't do it. They sat on their hands. Finally, Saturday, 7 a.m., they decided to start sending assessment teams out, which took probably 48 hours to do, just the assessment. And then, uh, what is it, Monday, which is today, they actually started working in earnest. Uh, and yesterday, I finally got so fed up, I sent a note to a colleague who works with DeSantis. And uh, I think yesterday or a day and a half ago, DeSantis, about 30 minutes after my note, suddenly makes this very strong statement saying, what is LCEC doing? Right. Why aren't they responding? Because FPL's already got their people going. Um, and uh, basically, LCEC is a cooperative. I didn't know this. I'm, I'm learning more about electric companies than I ever thought I'd need to know. Yeah. But LCEC is a cooperative, so basically they do not generate energy. They receive energy from FPL, and we pay them to distribute FPL's energy to us. And so I'm at the point now, I'm looking at my family members who have been without power, elderly members who are not healthy. I'm looking at the property damage that's now being incurred after the storm because Heat does damage to the house. Um, I'm looking at people suffering in my neighborhood. My neighborhood is trashed. Um, and the fact that we can't get the water going because there's no power. I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know, maybe LCEC needs to be done away with. Maybe this is a monopoly. Maybe we should just directly deal with Just FBL. give it to Florida Power and Light yeah. and stop it. So yeah. you're putting your finger on something that I was kind of trying to get my hands and head around. Which is for those of us that don't live uh, anywhere near you, um, like here in Phoenix, you know, it's hard for us to kind of figure out what to say, what to think about all this stuff until we get to the after effects, I suppose, because it is at the end of the day and the beginning of the day an act of nature. But then there is 
a personnel issue. There is human yeah. action. There is a human accountability to things going better or things going worse. And yeah. it sounds like you're seeing a distinction here. Uh, FPL got it right, and the uh, Lee County um, Lee County Electric Co-op didn't. What right. What did FPL do that Lee County didn't do? Uh, better management, uh, care, concern? Uh, Part of it. Yeah. Part of it. Another thing I think is, in this case, size matters. Yeah. They are a statewide large company. Um, but, you know, adaptation, you know, c- catastrophes um, have a way of bringing out the best and worst right. in not just people, but institutions. Yeah. And so since Hurricane Andrew, FPL has been adapting the power grid that they manage, the parts of the power grid that they manage. They've been adapting. Okay, this is what we did wrong before. This is, what we, this is how we fix it. And they apply it every iteration that there's a storm. There's always new adaptation. From what I can tell, LCEC has been very slow to adapt. Furthermore, 24 hours before the storm hit, FPL puts out a request nationally. We're going to need additional resources from all 50 states. Please send whatever linemen and, and resources you can so we can have it standing by, ready to roll as soon as the storm blows away. LCEC, I have found out, did not put it. They put in one request to FPL, and FPL understandably said, Hey, look, we got to take care of our own customers first, yeah. and maybe we can get to you in a week. Right. LCEC did not put in a request beyond that. There's a bylaw in cooperatives saying that they're not allowed to reach out to non-co-ops oh, uh, sure. for assistance. Yeah, so rather than suspending that silly rule... Right, you would think that um, could be suspended, right? Go ahead. Right. They they held off until Governor DeSantis yesterday gave a hard, you know, very harsh statement damning LCEC's response. So then uh, LCEC finally picked up the phone and called Florida Cooperative, which manages all the co-ops here, who then put in a request to Tallahassee to send 500 additional linemen. But that's a seven-hour drive from Tallahassee to Cape And a week Florida. late. That a week late. Yeah. And now they're saying, don't worry. But yesterday they were saying it's going to take two weeks. Now they're saying October 8th. Yeah. But I was just in Cape Coral. Nothing has changed. There's no LCEC to be seen. It's going to be, I think, a lot longer. And, and somebody needs to be held accountable. And, again, this is a teachable moment. Michelle Wucker calls this, you know, we would call this a gray rhino event. It's an event that we could see coming, yep. but we thought it was way down the pike, and we ignored it until it stampeded us. So, for me, I'm looking at what's going around the world, Iran, North Korea, Russia, in, in Ukraine, possibly even China. I'm looking at, at these arsenals they have, and I'm saying, this was a teachable moment, Ian is. Why don't we learn from it? Because I have a feeling a lot of utilities companies around the country, particularly in these smaller towns, are more like LCEC than FPL, and they need to learn from this. Well, you just gave me the tour for the rest of the show with that recitation of countries <laughs> and what we need to drill down on, Brandon Weikert. Thank you, sir. Let me take a quick commercial break, and we'll come back with all of it. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest. He is a columnist for the Asia Times, America Greatness, the Washington Times and the author of several books, the most recent, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. You can order it online today, and you'll get it in just about two weeks. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Brandon Weikert. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, sponsored in part by the good people at Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Air conditioning needs, heating needs, plumbing needs, any of them. Installation, new, replacement, fix, repair, inspect, you name it. They're there for you 24-7. I've been working with this company and using them for years, as have my friends, and we all say the same thing. 
You get them once, you're going to be a repeat customer. Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Check out, check them out for any of your needs at 623-748-4942. That's 623-748-4942. Or check them out online at cooltouch.us. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest columnist for the Asia Times, the Washington Times, American Greatness author. Brand new book out. Finally, just this month and just in time, The Shadow of War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. We'll get to some of that in a moment. Brandon, if I can, I wanted to just follow up on something that I've been thinking about as I'm watching Hurricane Ian. And you're right. You you see these as as test runs for non-natural or non-God made or non-forces majeure, but people majeure, uh, people forces, (laughs) people forces, not people majeure, people forces, uh, people uh, initiated, man-made initiated disasters like wars, like EMP attacks or other attacks. Brandon, there's always in these situations an issue of good leadership and a human response, whether it is an act of God or an act of man. Uh, With acts of uh, men, uh, listen, the difference between uh, David Dickens and Rudy Giuliani comes to mayorality of New York and crime. Uh, Katrina uh, and hurricanes uh, in Louisiana, the difference between a Governor Blanco and a Governor Jindal. Um, uh, You can do this on a number of fronts. We're looking at Florida. A lot of eyes are on Ron DeSantis and some other figures that the cameras like to interview. Uh, How has the human and political leadership response been? Some people want the national spotlight. Some don't. Some can do both well. Uh, Jindal and Giuliani, I think DeSantis, from what I can see, are are, are are in that list of candidates who can do well. Yeah. Um, is that pretty much the experience in Florida? You get in good service yeah. from the public officials there? Governor DeSantis is giving a master class in crisis management. Okay. Um, he is literally down the road from me. In fact, we drove by his, his motorcade earlier. Um, he, he is all over the region. He is on the ground getting a read for the situation for himself. You know, this is, and I, you know, I say this with all due deference to the former president, but I think President Trump's great failing was that he listened too much to Dr. Fauci oh, yeah. and some of the medical experts during COVID. Um, I think we all did. I, I will admit, I was relying initially on them too much as well because they were the experts. But Ron DeSantis, rather than staying in the governor's mansion and, and, and you know avoiding the crisis zone and relying on experts, he's down here with his team in camp going to different hot spots. Uh, Pine Island, a, a road which leads into the only land, a road into Pine Island, which is completely decimated, uh, it was flooded and nobody could get in there. And today they said it was going to take weeks, maybe months to get it back up and running. DeSantis this morning commanded. He said that road will be open by Saturday. Okay. And you know what? There are hundreds of dump trucks there right now, right now, uh, rebuilding. The, it's incredible. In about eight hours, they've rebuilt part of the street already because the governor's redirecting resources from the ground personally. And so this is a master class uh, in, uh, in, in leadership, crisis management. Um, some people, though, and, you know, let, you know, shame on these New York Times and Washington Post Cretans who are running around this, this ravaged area trying to uh, make the governor look bad. That's what they're uh, trying. Yeah, no question. And, That's, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, so shame on the Florida Democratic Party, which is trying to say that DeSantis is allowing, you know, he, he didn't order the evacuation sooner, et cetera, et cetera, trying to make political hay. But also, my, my, someone I, I dearly supported and, and I, I probably would vote for again uh, was my representative, Byron Donalds, a strong conservative, 
very pro-Trump, very... But but on the one issue of Elsie Easty, 94,000 households in his district being without power, I've heard Governor DeSantis come down on Elsie Easty. I've heard other people in the public uh, locally come out saying, hey, where's Elsie Easty? I haven't seen my representative. I haven't heard him. I know he's here. I've seen him on TV, but I haven't heard him come out and make statements mm. and, and about this needs to be fixed. 94,000 households of his constituents are without power. That's 100% of the city of Cape Coral, wow. which is, I think, the second largest city land-wise in the state of Florida, and it's one of his largest cities in his district. I love the guy, but he needs to stop going on Newsmax and talking about national issues for a minute and start talking about his lo- local issue, yeah. because this is a big issue. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and by the way, I mean, that, 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 that is how Bobby Jindal got the job. I mean, he That's was, right. he was a member of the House. He also served in Homeland Security, I believe, and education. Right. But then he got, he, he, he knew what to do when, I mean, the difference in a tragedy or a disaster that we saw between the two, the, the way the two governors handled it, Jindal versus Blanco, uh, it was incredible. And, and I mean, I'm just glad to see DeSantis is, is doing the right thing by Florida as well as They're the rest of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's this is the testing time. I mean, they're not useful to us if they're not useful in a crisis. Any public leader, anyone can do an okay job when things are easy. These are what you call testing times. And from the testing times, you get what you call teachable moments. That's right. That's right. And he'd annihilate Biden if he had to go against Biden. Oh, he would I, annihilate I, him. I, I, I'm, I, Run circles around him. Well, I don't know. I think I have a turtle that could do that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I think I do. <laughs> Why do people keep asking me my opinion on Nord Stream and who blew it up? Why is, uh, why yes. is this still being asked? Um, because the Russians are very good at disinformation and um, – you know, we don't know for sure what happened. Stephen Bryan and his wonderful, he, he's great, over at Asia Times, he's saying it could have been old uh, weapons depots from World War II. We used the, the Baltic Sea where the Nord Stream pipeline is located. Uh, we used that to dump all the old explosives from World War II. It's possible the Russians might have accidentally, uh, while they were trying to service the, the, the pipeline, might have actually triggered some of those old explosives. It was a series of underwater explosions. That's why some people, like Tucker Carlson and other people on the right, the new right, um, they keep saying that it had to be the U.S. intelligence. It was a nefarious U.S. Why would it have operation. to be U.S., and what would the U.S. gain from doing it? Well, that's the thing. So they say it's because we want to cut uh, Europe completely off from Russian natural gas. That's one of the last remaining linkages. Uh, between Germany and the rest of Europe and Russian natural gas. The Germans and the, the Europeans were afraid to cut themselves off. They were still too dependent. And as the war in Ukraine drags on, uh, you know, that, that is dependence is a strategic liability. So rather than wait for the Europeans to finally wean themselves off that easy energy, we just went in and blew it up and cut them off and forcing, forced them to rely on our natural gas and other sources of energy. Hold on, Brandon, that's a big one. This is is so important. i got to take a quick commercial break. Bear with us. Let's pick up on that on on the other side. That's as good an explanation as to the various theories. Now let's talk about why it would or wouldn't have been the United States when we come right back. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Brandon Weikert. His long-awaited book on Iran, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. It's out this month, folks. This is publication month for Brandon. So uh, if you were, um, shall we say, slow or tarrying in getting it, there is no more excuse. You can order it 
online now and in your finer bookstores in a couple of weeks. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Brandon Weikert. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Brandon Weikert is our guest. He is the author, among other books, of Just Out, The Shadow War, out this month, The Shadow War, Ron's Quest for Supremacy. He's also the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, and a book upcoming on China, which we'll talk about later as well. Brandon, we are talking about the Nord Stream, uh, the uh, explosion yeah. with the Nord Stream pipeline. Um, you have studied... Joe Biden's brain in foreign and defense <laughs> policy for probably as long as he's been in the Senate, or at least the record. Is this yeah. something he would do? Is this something he would order? Does it make sense that we would do this? As I understand it, by the way, what blew up wasn't even really operation or it wasn't even pumping gas yeah. at, at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, first of all, Joe Biden's brain has melted long ago. Okay. Um, I could never anticipate what he's going to do. Because his personality, I think, has changed along with much else oh, that has to do with, you know, dementia. But I digress. Um, no, I, the, the theory that it was the United States, it's compelling to believe because, you know, we are led by a lot of incompetent people. I know I worked in government. I saw it firsthand. But this theory that, well, the Americans did it and the, the, the Europeans helped them because they want to make they want to disconnect Europe finally from Russian energy during this crisis period, so that they can be more reliant on non-Russian energy sources, such as American energy, domestically produced energy. Um, if this were the Trump years, that might have made sense, because remember, we were an energy-producing right. superpower. Right. But since Biden took power two years ago, one of his first acts... Yeah, we can't do ourselves, killing. much less others. Yeah, right. so we yeah. can't even... Everybody knows we can't meet that quota, that right. demand. We can't even meet it here at home, let alone increased demand from Europe now. Furthermore, um, that would that doesn't jive well with the whole, you know, Biden environmental policy um, or the European. Yeah, that's right. Europe, that's you right. know, more, more importantly, um, it doesn't make sense because the Russians are the only ones who would benefit from strategically from cutting off the their own pipeline. Now, why wouldn't they just turn the spigot off because they control the, 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 the flow well, the simple reason is because by blowing it up this way, theoretically, the Russians are engaged in what they call provocatia, which is provocation. By blowing it up, rather than just turning off the, you know, the, 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 the flow back in Moscow, uh, by blowing it up in the Baltic Sea, they cast doubt. They cast doubt on U.S. You know, intelligence, on NATO uh, intentions. They make some people in these Western countries, such as Tucker Carlson, who have a legitimate reason to be skeptical of Western intelligence sure. services, it makes them want, you know, it makes it, you know, possible for them to come out and then say, of course, it was the our own people who did this. But that shows discontent. That shows discord. Yep. And that is the objective of Russian policy sure. right now, to divide America and Europe, not only from each other, but against their own uh, people. Oh, hell, I and remember to, when KAL 007 was attributed right? to the United States. That's yeah. right. And remember... China's running around blaming America yep. for COVID. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, so, right. Yes, you know, right. So, right. You know, right. This is like, this is a common communist tactic 
Now, the Russians are not communists. And, and Cuomo was blaming Europe, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. But, but, but this is a common commie tactic. Now, now, the Russians are not communists. They are traditional imperialists of the sort we saw before the Bolsheviks took over. They're still dangerous, though. And Putin certainly, obviously, was molded by the communist system. He was a very high-level former KGB guy. He understands provocatia. He's a master of it. And so what I see... Uh, with this Baltic pipeline explosion, I don't see uh, American intelligence at, at work because it doesn't make sense. I see the Russians trying to blow the pipeline up, sow discord in Europe and in America, and then also starve the Europeans of any hope of getting reliable, easy, cheap energy during or heat during the, what some are saying is going to be the most cold winter on, on, to date in Europe. He's going to try to create this really uncomfortable, terrible circumstance in Europe, particularly in Germany, the economic beating heart of the continent, so that by Christmas or January, the Europeans are like, we cannot support Ukraine anymore because we need that cheap Russian natural gas. And, and we don't care what Washington is telling us. Our people are freezing. There's discord in the streets. We're going to lose power, uh, political power, You know, the far right, the far left in Europe. They're more galvanized. They're going to take over if we're not careful. So to save our own selves, because that pipeline's gone, we're going to have to just turn to Russia and let them run roughshod over Ukraine. I think it's a miscalculation by Putin. The elections in Italy, they elected a very far-right woman. She's great. The first thing she said is, I am pro-NATO. I'm not pro-EU, but I'm pro-NATO and I'm pro-Ukraine. So she's not going to stop this. And, and, And if the Russians are banking on people like her, taking power in these NATO countries on the auspices that they're going to reverse course on support for NATO and therefore Ukraine just because it gets a little cold. I think they're going to, I think Putin's going to be dead wrong. Hold it right there. Hold it right there. We'll be right back. Thank you, Brent. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you're wor- worried about stock market volatility, especially with Joe Biden in office, and are interested in a portfolio with a strong fixed rate of return, irrespective of the stock market, if you're looking for a remarkable and unique investment opportunity, check out my friends at Y-Refi. They are show sponsors as well as my friends. What they're offering is a great opportunity. It's an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio with an up to 10.25% return for investors. The investment, by the way, can be in a trust, IRA, or, of course, as an individual or even joint investment. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great guys who do really well by doing good for others. You can be a part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com. Investyrefi.com or give them a call at 855 316-3087, 855-316-3087, never a sales pitch. They'll just tell you what they do, tell you about what it is that they do, and let it speak for itself. Brandon Weikert is our guest. His book out this month, his newest book out this month, is The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, and uh, so much going on in the world. We haven't even gotten to Iran just yet, Brandon. Um yeah. I don't know if you want to or not, but I will tell you, um, the most interesting thing to me is um, I, I have never seen Ali Khamenei tweet so much or whoever's tweeting for him on Twitter so much as I have today. 
uh, talking about, well, I guess blaming the U.S. is popular uh, these days, whether some yeah. you're some Fox News host, whether you're Putin or whether you're the Ayatollah of Iran, he's blaming <laughs> the United States and that made up or what he calls fictional Zionist entity. I'm not sure what he's – I am sure. Yeah. It's interesting. They can't say that. They can't say yeah. – <laughs> they can't even see the name of the country. Fictional <laughs> Zionist entity is causing these protests – and then he said this weird thing, which is since when is an American president ever stood up for a protest or riot in Europe? I went down and earlier in the show, I went down the list of things JFK and Ronald Reagan yeah. said. But shouldn't it worry you that you have such an insane man at the head, at the head of another, uh, at the head of a country that is very often the vector of um, uh, the vector of a lot of disaster, not just in his country, but the region and the world. I mean, it's been uh, 40 plus years now. And when Iran sneezes, the region gets sick. Yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, it, it's worried me so much. I wrote a book about it. You, uh, <laughs> you know, um, it, the, the ideology matters. And, and despite what the Democrats have convinced themselves, uh, the, 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 the regime has an ideology that is very toxic. It is grounded in their Islamic Shiite faith, and it is virulently anti-American, virulently anti-Semitic, and completely opposed to the Sunni Arabs, uh, who, who we tend to be aligned with. Um, and it is highly destabilizing, and if married to a nuclear weapon, it will bring about the ruin, certainly, of the region, but probably would trigger World War III. Um, and uh, the, the Biden administration, at the same time that it seems to have its arms wrapped around this nuclear weapons deal with Iran, giving billions of dollars to Iran that they don't deserve, that they're just going to use to kill their own people and kill others in the region and around the world with terrorism, uh, at the same time they're doing that, Biden is mute. He's mum about uh, the, the, these gallant protesters of Iran. And we talked about this last week, yep. and you asked me, you know, do I think it's going to go the way that it went in 2009, which was sort of fizzled out, and yep. we just kind of, or is it going to do something? I had said I was worried it was going to fizzle out like it did in 2009, but I'm looking at these protests and I'm thinking, actually, there seems to be a lot more durability mm -hmm. uh, to this thing. It's, 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 it is, you now have high school girls publicly flipping off, yeah. giving the bird uh, to pictures of Khomeini. You have now uh, the Ayatollah's family apparently or some of them fled to I Canada saw that. over the yeah. weekend yeah uh, the greater question I guess we should be asking is uh, why is Twitter banning former president that was my Trump, question but not banning this insane irate racist bigoted awful evil His, you, uh, you don't leader. understand Brandon the Twitter has tried to explain this to you yeah <laughs> <laughs> what Ali Khamenei says isn't dangerous misinformation. Yeah. It has to be dangerous misinformation right. about liquidating right. other countries. Well, that's right. not dangerous. Well, about well, let's get, about torturing get, human beings. That's not dangerous. Right. You have right. to understand that. By the way, the dramatic irony of this all. You, you know John Hinderocker over at Powerline. Yeah. You know, he, he often oh, will yeah, talk yeah. about. Um, he shares some of my memes from time. There to you time. go. He will. He will often <laughs> talk about uh, how there really aren't any major American companies anymore. He doesn't mean based in America. He means um, uh, American. <laughs> and right. you think about right. this. So Twitter, <laughs> Twitter is not allowed to operate in Iran. Not by Twitter's <laughs> decision. Not right. by Twitter's decision, but right. by Khamenei's decision. Right. But Twitter on, right. allows Khamenei to broadcast people. his fulminations That's here. That's right. Yeah.
That's right. And I think it's important to remember, maybe on some level, Twitter agrees with what uh, Kamani's saying. Maybe people need to be thinking about that. It's the red-green axis, you know? That's right. We talked about last week. There's a large number of people on the left who think that we have to basically surrender everything uh, to Iran because we were just so... If it's it's not America, it's good. If it's anti-American, it's great. That's right. And it's sort of that same... Which kind of worries me about the Putin thing, by the way. I was going to just... Yes, I was going to say it's that same thinking... Blame America first, you know. That leads people on both the, the left and now, unfortunately, the right to say it had to be U.S. intelligence yep. that blew up the pipeline. It wasn't. We don't benefit from it. It only makes Europe have to be more dependent, have to go to Europe, Russia more, begging them to please give us your energy. It doesn't make sense. But there are people in our, in our country and in the West who believe America's always wrong. Yep. America should be last. Yep. It's a very toxic, toxic thing, and I blame media. I blame social media. I blame the left who control education. That's why people are programmed in the West to hate their own country. Yep. It's horrible. It's horrible. You're not one of them, Brandon. So thank not at you all. for that. Put in one more plug for your book. What will people learn in, from your book? And uh, we'll pick up with you more on it next week. But in our last minute and a half here, tell people what they will get in the Shadow War. They're going to get a few things. The first, they're going to get the truth about the Beirut blast in 2020. Good. That was, I think, something more than just an accident. I think it was part of the shadow war going on between America and, or, and our allies in Israel uh, against Iran, Hezbollah in particular. I think uh, you're also going to read about uh, the attempt by Hezbollah and Hamas to initiate a new intifada uh, with Iranian precision-guided missiles against Israel. We've seen a few eruptions in the last two years. It's only a matter of time before this thing occurs, and it could lead to World War III. And also I talk heavily uh, about other things, but also about what's going on with Iran and Latin America and how they are taking the model they've used so effectively against Israel and against Saudi Arabia, putting missiles and, and forces in these countries near their two enemies. They're now talking about and trying to do that in Venezuela Cuba, and throughout Latin America to be able to better threaten America more directly. Giving this regime nukes is only going to further empower this regime to do the insane and to have a chance at accomplishing it, which is to annihilate Israel, completely subordinate Sunni Arab countries to their will in Iran, and also to keep America on its knees. Uh, It's very dangerous. And so you read the book, you're going to learn the dangers. You're going to learn why the Biden administration is not doing the right thing, why Trump did the right thing, and where we go from here. Brandon Weikert, you're the teacher America needs. I'm so glad you're on my side. The Shadow Wars is brand new book, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. We'll talk to you next week, brother. Stay safe. Glad you Thank are. Thank you. You too. Bless you. you. I'm Seth. We'll Bless be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. We were talking with Brandon about that phrase, blame America first. It goes to Gene Kirkpatrick, who created it at the speech at the Republican Convention in 1984. And, you know, I, why not? It's always it's always good to bring back this great stuff. Uh, this is where that phrase got its first use. Everyone was curious about this Democrat supporting Ronald Reagan. Uh, for many uh, through the many speeches she gave leading up to 1984, they didn't have much question about her after her tenure, and they certainly didn't after this speech. Play a segment of that, Bill. It'd be fun to go out with. They said. 
said saving Grenada from terror and totalitarianism was the wrong thing to do. They didn't blame Cuba or the communists for threatening American students and murdering Grenadians. They blamed the United States instead. But then, somehow, they always blame America first. When our Marines are sent to Lebanon on a multinational peacekeeping mission with the consent of the United States Congress were murdered in their sleep, the Blame America First crowd didn't blame the terrorist who murdered the Marines. They blamed the United States. But then they always blame America first. When the Soviet Union walked out of arms control negotiations and refused even to discuss the issues, the San Francisco Democrats didn't blame Soviet intransigence. They blamed the United States. But then they always blame America first. When Marxist dictators shoot their way into power in Central America, the San Francisco Democrats don't blame the guerrillas and their Soviet allies. They blame United States policies of 100 years ago. But then they always blame America first. The American people know better. And then she went into the Ronald Reagan record. I'm just thinking maybe we need a uh, new bumper sticker and slogan around here. Don't be a San Francisco Democrat. Don't be a San Francisco Democrat. Now, the reason she was calling on the San Francisco Democrats is because that's where they had their convention that year. But it has an entirely renewed meaning now, doesn't it? Don't be a San Francisco Democrat. I don't know if you could be anything else, by the way, in San Francisco. Last I looked, honest, honest to goodness, last I looked, Republican Party registration in the city of San Francisco was under 7%. So don't be a San Francisco Democrat. Doesn't give you a lot more options, but maybe it'll mean something to people in Arizona as we head into our elections as well. Okay, we got my monologue and a lot more coming right up. Don't go away. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 